When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another Patreon episode of 20 Minute Times. I am joined once again by Melly. Hello. Stephen. Hola. And I am, as you know by now, Jamie. And do you know what we're doing this week, boys? We're doing the world famous classic match companion. Um, <sighs> What's that, Jamie? Uh, well, Stephen, that, what a handsome looking question. <laughs> the classic match companion is we go back, we watch a game that we've perhaps not watched for a very long time or since it happened last, which is in the case of this game. And we talk about it pre-match, we go away, we watch the first half, we then give our half-time thoughts, we go away, we watch the second half, and we give our final thoughts. And for some unknown, godforsaken reason, Melly, we've decided... You chose this. I chose it. it (laughs) I've decided to put us through the the ringer and watch the 2003 UEFA Cup final, Celtic versus Porto in Seville. And you two have turned out in the Seville shirts, which I must say are absolute belters. I was surprised when Melly turned up to the, the studio, he was wearing the, the Seville shirt and I was already wearing it and we were like, oh, yes. Like, like, but I always figured myself as the sort of Daniel Day-Lewis of the podcast. <laughs> oh, you know, you? I, I, I'm, a, I'm in character at all times. I insist, off mic, I insist that everyone calls me Bobo. And like that, <laughs> we've both turned up in the resplendent in the 2003 Porto shirt. It is a, it's a, it's a good so colour. It's a good colour. Stephen, you've opted for the long sleeve. Mm. Melly, you've opted for the short sleeve. And me, I'm just wearing a black t-shirt <laughs> in this scorching sun. You're the ref. I'm the ref. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the ref. Um, do you remember watching this game? Well, for clarity, have you, you know, there's a bit of a myth surrounding this game that no one that participated in it or, or mm. watched that has watched it again. That's certainly the case for me. Have you watched it since, Stephen? No, no, no. Can you, where not. were you when you watched it the first time? Can you remember? It's a it's a source of great regret for me, this game, because I didn't go. I couldn't get time off. And what made it even worse is that a couple of months down the line, I had walked out of that job for separate reasons anyway, so I'd have been as well just doing it then and there. But I watched this game at home because for most of the run up to the final in Seville... I watched it in various pubs in and around Claybank, and I, by the time it got to the Boavista, was the yep, yeah, same. By the time it got to that, I realised I couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> the, the stress of it. So I thought I'm going to watch this at home. The option is there. If we win this, the option is there for me to go out and go mental. Yeah. But also, I'm at home if it doesn't go to plan. So yeah, I just I watched it on my own at home, just as low stress as possible. Melly, I was there. Yeah, you're the only <laughs> one of us that was at it. I was there in the stadium. I was a wee dick and used my <laughs> mum's credit card to purchase two tickets after the one each game with Liverpool. Did she know? She didn't until they came. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, I just believed in that team. I thought they could get to the final and if they didn't, chances are Liverpool would have got. So it would have been quite an easy sell to mm. sell them to a Liverpool fan. But thankfully, Celtic got there. So I went on my Todd. And have you watched it since? Have you watched it on the TV? No. No. I even watched the road to Seville up to the point where they play. <laughs> and I can't. I couldn't. I, uh, I, I've not watched it. I just, like you, Stephen, watched it at home. Hmm. Did not. Did, I've not watched it again. I've not watched it again. Much like you, Melly, I believed that the team would go into the final. It was just, this was peak. This was the peak of Martin O'Neill's team. Uh, I mean, look at the other semi-final, it was Lazio-Porto, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. we got the best draw we could have oh, possibly right. got, and Boa Vista had a V in it, so it was a guarantee. Yeah. Fill the listeners in on that for anyone who doesn't remember. Every team we beat on the way, so FK Suduva, Blackburn Rovers, Liverpool. Celta Vigo, Celta Liverpool, Vigo, VFB Stuttgart, and Boa Vista all had a V in it, and the final was in Seville. And we lost that one. On that, this is the first one of these we've ever done that... 
not only is a defeat, it, we've never done anything other than resounding victories for yes. these for these yeah. games before. So yes, going in, we know that it didn't go well. I'm intrigued about it because all I remember of it are the bare facts. The facts of the case are Boba Wilde was sent off. Yes, Henrik Larsson scored, scored two goals and the game was won in extra time. That's that's all I know about it because I haven't seen it back. I've seen the goals, yeah, but I haven't seen the game back. I'm quite keen to fill in the blanks in amongst what happened in the, in the game. So, so let, let's fill in some blanks as we go along. This was Martin Romeo's Celtic team. Melly, which season was this for Martin? Third. So this was Martin's third season. Um, how did we get into the UEFA Cup? Did we, we drop out of the Champions League this year? beat by Ball on away goals. Remember Chris Sutton shaved the outside of the post? That's right. Was that the home game of that, actually? Oh, it was a great game. Yeah, Momo. But Who were those two players that ran right? Yakin. Yakin for, for Bali. We forever linked with him. That's right. And uh-huh. Was it Jimenez, Christian Jimenez up front? Was it? I mean, how, Gross was the manager of... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good, possibly. Martin Reeves' Celtic team. This part- is the team. Yeah, this is the team that participated in the final. Quickly, maybe as we'll just run through it. Rab Douglas, thoughts? Initial very quick thoughts on Rab Douglas as a goalkeeper. He's okay. He was always the weak link in this team. But I remember him being blamed as maybe too strong a word, but he was. He came out of this game. History has not kind of looked fondly upon him for this game, really. Useful Harren, classy, classy central defender. Bobo, killing machine, killing machine. <laughs> a Mialbe, Agat, Thompson, Lennon, and Lambert, and Petrov. That classic scalpers, classic midfield and up front. Chris Sutton and Henrik Larsson. It's as strong as it gets. The only thing that's missing is John Hartson. Apart from John Hartson, we have no subs, basically. And Hartson had a back injury. I think he, he got the injury and in the 2-1 game, I was the beach ball Sunday, mm. and that was his season done. But sometimes it was uh, Lennon, Petrov, and Sutton in midfield with Larson and Hartson up front. So it would have been interesting to see if... Hartson would have started had he been in there. It would have been obviously a totally different game, but I think that is the best, the strongest team. But hmm. we yeah. shoehorn the freedom in. I, th- I think you're right. Porto lined up with a, a, a number of players in the team that eventually almost became household names. People. This, that, is, this is a ridiculous team. Yeah, yeah. Vitor Baia. Uh, he was wearing the number ninety nine, which is outrageous. I hate it when players do that. Subnoxious. Disrespectful. Subnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paulo Ferreira. Ferreira, he was. He went to Chelsea. Went on to play for Chelsea for years. He mm. eventually, he was still there when they won the Champions League in 2012. So he he won it in 2004 with yeah, this Porto team. team. Yeah. You know, this Porto team, we didn't know yet what they were to go on and achieve. Yeah. You know, Jose Mourinho was a relative unknown at this time. This is only one year before they won the Champions League against the odds. George Costa, typical Brute. 90s, kill everything that moves centre half. Uh, Ricardo Carvalho, another one that went to Chelsea and had a really good career there. One of the best centre halves uh, I've ever seen. Made yeah. John Terry look excellent. <laughs> Celtic famously tried to sign him. He tried to sign him from Porto before any of this happened. They put in a sort of tentative inquiry. I don't think I ever got to the bidding stage, right. but I think they were just basically laughed at. Nah. A couple of seasons later, he'd signed for Chelsea for twenty million. I think Martin O'Neill kind of high centre back. It, it yeah. might well have been at the time, yeah. But absolute top class defender, yeah. Um, it was. I mean, it was mostly Portuguese in this team. It has to be said. Nuno Valente. Yeah, also oh, yeah. had had a great Ever another game on Yeah, Dimitri Alinechev, Alinechev, Costinha, Manish, Rolls Royce of a midfielder, right. Deco, even better, terrific player, Derlai, great strength. really struggle, really struggle <laughs> yeah. with these pronunciations today. I'm a, a Nuno Capucho, yes, who famously went on to play for the famous Glasgow Rangers. I That's think right. he was their weak link. Interestingly. Derley and Larson were tied or Derley was one goal ahead of Larson to be the top scorer in the tournament and watching Derley's goals before the tournament I was just like that if I can see this as a what 15 year old boy every one of his goals basically was a tap in from a rebound I was like Celtic get him if a ball breaks you can't let him score a rebound Deco after this game I sort of wrote off his career I, I didn't pay any attention to him because I just I just refused to acknowledge him how good he was I basically became his his Graham Souness now Graham Souness just <laughs> yeah. inexplicably cannot take to world class players like Francesco Totti and I think Modric was one that Graham Souness didn't like yes. Modric Paul yeah. Pogba just doesn't like Ford any muck. yeah just <laughs> Ford and Muck that was me with Deco I just refused to to, to see it and I'm because I was so salty after this game so again interesting to, to go back and actually 
try and assess what this team did against Celtic's team and how they, how they played against each Let, other. Let's, let's talk a bit about the managers. 52-year-old Martin O'Neill took his Celtic team in his third season. But by this time, he'd already been an established manager and he'd won with Norwich and Leicester City and he'd worked his way up through... Um, how did you feel Martin O'Neill's approach to this game? Uh, this was his strongest team, apart from Hearts and possibly, but this was his tried and tested, wasn't it? This is the guy he trusted. If he, there's nobody there, you'd think maybe he shouldn't start. This mm. this was it for him. This was his team. And if he got into that team, it was due to an injury. This was the peak for Martin O'Neill, I'd say. See, if he looks back now, he probably should have left after this if mm. he was wanting mm. to get one of the big jobs, which never really came for him, but... He stayed on for an extra two years, but he was just the best manager I'd seen at the time. And a bit disappointed didn't have my old tin flute on at the side of the pitch of the old number 31 uh, tracksuit as usual, but no dignity, no dignity whatsoever. <laughs> um, Jose Mourinho, who as it stands, he, what's he, is he 55? So I had just now, to, yeah, just now, so roughly, I think he's just going for 55. <laughs> <laughs> he's roughly the same age as uh, as Martin was when he took Celtic. So that was, I mean, Jose was what 40 then. Yeah, not, not far off. Yeah, I mean, as far as managers go at that time, Jose Mourinho was it was quite quite remarkable because he had a wee stint at Benfica where he didn't really do much. He had another stint at another Portuguese team, Stephen. You'll be able to pronounce the name better uh, than me. But I can't remember. Uh, well, I think prior to that he'd been working as a sort of translator. For I think he worked under Bobby Robson for a bit at Barcelona and, and things along those lines. But yeah, the, the very early days of Jose Mourinho and you know a lot of people have. Never forgiven him for the tactics, which I'm sure we'll we'll come to talk about later in the game. This was when he was on the on the eve of becoming arguably you know one of the 21st century's most successful managers. It, this is before he won the Champions League with Porto, which I can't even think of a, an equivalent now. Nah, this, is, this is his second. This is his second year of football yeah. management, and the, the only equivalent I can think of is when he himself won it with Inter Milan. A few yeah. years later, so I mean, it is quite remarkable his career. Like as you say, he was an interpreter for Bobby Robson at Sporting and the Porto and Barcelona, and he, he worked with Van Hal. He was, he was a PE teacher. He was. He, this is ridiculous. You're going to laugh, but do you know who he reminds me of up to this point? Except vastly more successful, Ronnie Dyla. <laughs> I, I mean, up to the point that Ronnie Dyla isn't a very good manager. Their careers sort of followed similar trajectories. I, I had a suspicion when you said PE teacher there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. When he took when he took over at Porto, as I said, this was only his second year of management. He was forty years old, and then he went on to win the UEFA Cup in the following season with almost the same team, the Champions League. Yeah. It's, it's extraordinary what what he achieved with that team. Handsome bugger at that. I know. Was, that, that was before he was he was a very dishevelled version of himself now. Yeah. But before he took over at Man United, every single second season at every club he's ever been at, he's won the league. In whatever country he's been in, the second season he's always won the league until Man United, where he's failed to do it. This Porto team, it was a treble winning team, I'm pretty mm. sure that year. They absolutely romped the league. They won the cup as well. It was a special, special team. So for us going up against it, we were the underdogs going into this game. And a name to remember as well is Lubos Mikel. Who's currently working for Panathinaikos as some sort of sporting director. All right. Looked him up. Hmm. Um, how did Celtic do this season? We can just skip right over it. We know exactly what happened this year. Yes. Yeah, not so good. Yeah, what one one but nothing. Still, probably my one of my favourite seasons, if not favourite. It's one of these weird seasons that is equal parts sort of pride inducing. No, it's, yeah. it's equal equal parts pride and disappointment because you can't you can't sort of reconcile with the fact that they did win nothing, but at the same time provided this unforgettable season. It, so it's it's a really strange one. The only thing and it happened long before I was born, but the, this is the first European final Celtic had been to since nineteen seventy. But I don't think it really has the same the same feel to it because anyone we've spoken to on it, any books I've read, we had Bobby Lennox on the podcast talking about this, and by all accounts they made a mess of that that cup final the against yeah. Feyenoord in nineteen seventy. That's not necessarily the case against Porto. We'll, we'll find out right enough. But yeah, that that's mainly disappointment about the 1971 whereas the 2003 one is sort of equal parts what about that Seville team so the year is 2003 uh, and every time we do this Stephen I like this wee bit you <laughs> get to take the listeners and me and Melly down memory lane we do yes give us a sample of the 2003 culture films it's far from the best terrible yeah, far from the best I, year we've covered I had a wee look myself yeah. everything this year was everything this year was dog shit I've, I've tried to pick out some highlights and we have School of Rock, which is yeah, a nice wee film. Yeah. Bruce Almighty. Nah. 
Kill Bill Volume 1 and X-Men 2 was about the best I could come up with. At what stage uh, of the, 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 the normal in-shape guy to absolute mutant beast was Hugh Jackman in X-Men 2 very early on was very it? early yeah he was he was just just normal guy what is hilarious and what, what you should do if you're at all interested is look at the condition of Hugh Jackman in the, the most recent Wolverine movie and then the condition of him in the first movie seen the first X-Men just a normal guy yeah just a guy who goes no, to the gym no, no shape and then then he found those Mexicans Protein shakes. Also bearing in mind that he's now 50. Yeah. And yeah. seems to have doubled in size. Yeah. 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 We have the worst films as oh. well. The, the, that's a stronger oh, category than the Oh, is that the, sh- the, is that the strong films. ones? Dumb and Dumberner. Oh, dear. What? Remember that absolutely terrible sort of half-assed Dumb that and the, Dumber sequel? But the people with not Jim Carrey? And yeah. not, in not, fact, there was a prequel, wasn't it? Yeah. There oh. was two sort of younger guys that was in it. Which famously Jim Carrey's never watched. Oh, I, I can imagine. He's the lucky one. A running theme here. Jiggly. Do you remember that? No. That was the, a sort of mafia film who was in that famously one of the worst films ever made starring Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck oh and when they were you know, she gets in the buff yeah it's a hit no, oh, uh, no. But there is one scene in it though it's famous for one scene because Jennifer Lopez at one point she's a lesbian in it right. Ben Affleck tries to cure her because oh, that's, that's what films used to do um, she lies on her back with her legs open and insists to a bewildered Ben Affleck it's turkey time gobble gobble what is that a line out of that? That's <laughs> a fucking line. That is a line in that film. It's turkey time, gobble gobble, with her legs in the air. Oh dear. It's turkey time. Huh? Gobble gobble. Boat trip, starring Oscar winning Cuba Gooding Jr. I think um, Roger Moore's in it as well. Is he? Loading himself. Boat trip is a film about Oscar winner Cuba Gooding Jr. and his pal who want to go on holiday to pick up chicks. Because again, that's what films used to be uh-huh. about. But. Imagine it. They book a gay cruise by oh, accident. Imagine the hilarity. What? Imagine the embarrassment. Oh, no. So it's, it's like a, an entire film based on that. It's, it's, premise. it's because, uh, you know, there's no James Bond out in 2003. No, there usually is. Yeah, no there's usually a James Bond movie. This is, the James Bond franchise was nearly killed stone dead the year before um, yeah. with Die Another Day. Mm. That, that awful one with the invisible car. So they didn't, there, was, there was no James Bond here. Uh, music wise, what's in the chart? It's got to be a good year for music. Give in us the some. UK top 40, we have X Gone Give It To You. Mm. Oh, DMX. Uh, featured in many adverts since. Yeah. We had Cheeky Girls, Take Your Shoes Off. Don't remember that one. No, uh, no. Not one of their more famous hits. But it, the 2003 sounds like a terrible year yeah. for culture. Busted with the uh, somewhat rapey titled You Said No. Oh. Which is a, a song based on Nacho Novo's autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> and the number one, the number one on the day of the final itself is Ignition. Oh, oh that is a Ignition. Do you remember, do you remember that stag do we were on a few years ago? We yes. were all the way in Ibiza where we basically just kept going into places requesting Ignition yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> Berlin Great as days. well, was it not? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a, a little known fact. Ignition is my karaoke go-to. Oh yeah, that is my that is either that or lose yourself. I've by seen M&M. you do lose yourself. Uh, yeah, I was going to say uh, ignition is my karaoke go-to. Uh, another song that was in the charts was uh, Last Ketchups, the ketchup song. Mel, how does it go? No, <laughs> <laughs> I am fortunate to have seen this song perform live because they play it before the final here. So I have seen Last Ketchup. Just uh, just on on music culture, tea in the park. The, the annual music festival yeah, it would have been around this this that the same time the last one I wasn't at was it yes. it must have been about around the, same, around the same time do you know who was headlining the main stage Enlightened pretty terrible actually usually when you look back at Team the Park lineups are quite good um, but you see the same names always crop up R.E.M hmm. on the Saturday Flaming Lips Idlewild The Cardigans hmm. that is revolting <laughs> on the Sunday although you could have had Coldplay Terrible again. The Charlatans. Mm. Feeder. Terrible again. Supergrass. The Coral. Or Sugar Babes. Sugar Babes. Wow. Yeah. On TV. Oh. On TV this year. Dirty Den. Returned to EastEnders. <laughs> 14 years after they killed him off. Only for them to have to kill him off again after the actor who plays him, Leslie Grantham, went and did a wank on a webcam. <laughs> <laughs> This is when it all started, the seediness all kicked off. Yeah, yeah that's it. That was right in there. <laughs> so oh. so they, they had to kill a, a character off twice. I mean, that's like, that is, do you know what that is now? That's a storyline on EastEnders now. Oh, that's, yeah. how, that's how vanilla a wank on a webcam is. They would just have that on yeah. EastEnders, or oh, there's your dad wanking on webcam, and that's that's Emmerdale. Was it Ashley Young who also did that? 
I think Ashley Young once once did a did, he? did oh, a Willy thing online as well. Yeah, James Forrest did a Willy thing in a nightclub. <laughs> mind that just got his dick out in the dance floor. And one of the players we're about to watch in this game also did the same. I think he was accused of sexual assault in a Glasgow nightclub when he was here. Jesus, who? Nuno Capucho. Oh, aye, aye, yeah. aye, aye, aye. One of the famous. I remember that. A CD turn before we go to to watch the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, should we just go and watch it? Uh, right. We can't put it off any longer now. Okay, let's do it. So much pressure, Alanichev, it will break kindly for Derlite. Porto right on half-time have scored the opener, and it's their top scorer in the competition this season. So we return, we have returned, back to the mics. Half-time. Half-time, 1-0 to, to Porto. Sucker punch. An absolute right sucker punch, right? Stroke. <laughs> right at the death. Uh, Let's talk about the standard. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about football from two thousand and three. Football culture, Stephen. It's not the greatest. No. In this game, I mean, the World Soccer named this in their top fifty games since their first publication, which was fifty years prior to two thousand and three. And I kind of get it that it's it's exciting for the neutral. There's loads of goals, not yet, obviously, but there's ultimately there's loads of goals, and it goes to extra time and all that. But it's not the it's not the most dynamic mm. or or flowing game of football by any means. Game of two goalkeepers launching it. <laughs> it is. There's tackles in it. And looking back in this Celtic team, like, it is probably the best Celtic team I've seen. But mm. we are physical, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> look at that team. Like, every one of their players looks like men. I, I'm older than most of them now. And I look like a wee boy, I think, compared to them. They're all brutes. They're all fully grown guys that are just booting fuck out each other it's really some I mean some some of our football is agricultural some of the tackles are like you say really strong you know it's yeah. it's much much stronger than I remember Porto designed to eat that kind of thing up though they're, they get they're it up. just as much yeah, as they take absolutely it. their two centre halves we covered that a wee bit before the game they're big strong guys that George Costa is he was a captain at this point he was probably towards the end of his career but he was we talk about it a lot experienced I mean that guy's just had oh. absolute textbook centre half a textbook 90s kill anything that moves as I said centre half and he's just he, he already Pravalli. played against us as well he was a couple of years before yeah that's right um, that was that was in the Champions League wasn't it the same year as Juventus um, we played Porto in a pre-season friendly at the start of the season I'm sure I think we get, I'm sure we get beat 1-0 and the ref didn't turn up so one of Porto's coaching staff I think might have been the ref Hmm. and uh, gave a dodgy offside goal and I'm sure Capuccio scored it I might be wrong but well George Costa is giving Larson the treatment in the first half and it's fairly clear I mean oh. we, from what we know about Jose Mourinho now it, yeah. it's it's clear that it's a tactic it's something he's probably identified he would have dossiers in every single player going that's that's his that's his MO he's doling out the treatment and in fairness it's kind of working in the first half Henrik Larson see as much as he was always always at least one level above his teammates in Celtic in Scotland. At least one level. I've never before felt like I've been watching a game and thought he deserves better. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's a kind of weird thing to to express, but I just felt like oh, I just wish we'd have been better for Henry Larson yeah. on occasion, yeah, was, and this is one of them. Yeah, uh, the, the team could have been better. I think they could have played better. But mm. Larson's feeding off scraps, but the tackles flying in. The ref's just not having it from the no, start. Because no. Falharan booked after six, seven six minutes, minutes yeah. and you're just thinking, you cannot go the rest of the game. I mean, it was a wild lunge. Hmm. There was, it, was a lot of, sh- we'd done a lot of stupid that's things. That's the big thing. Like, it's not as if we're giving away good fouls with our going clean through. It's wild lunges in the middle of the park on guys that are just built for this, as Stephen said, just ready to go past you and go down. It's just wild. Porto have already... They've already been forced into a change after a couple of minutes. It wasn't a tackle, right? Yeah, it was a bizarre injury to, to Costinha. I think he kind of landed funny, well. yeah. And he went off. So it's not like Porto have really been able to sort of settle into the game properly either. Celtic didn't have many chances. I think there was a brilliant effort from Larson from a free kick. I thought Costa. One. Yeah, Costa had brought down Larson who would hit a free kick. Baia, I mean, we'll talk about him quite a bit in the second half, I'd imagine. But he's flapping at things. I don't. He doesn't convince as a keeper at no. all. He's, he's doing a lot of rushing. Yeah. He's, he's, he, and again, but I think that's something that was identified. They knew exactly what our tactic was going to be and yeah. he was told, get off your line very, very quickly. As soon as that cross comes in, you get off that line. If Larson's a class above for us, I mean, you've 
your man Deco is absolutely yeah, ripping yeah. us apart. I'm eating he, my words here. He right. picks up the ball at one point and does a wee flick. I think he takes out Lennon, Baldy, and Volhan mm. at one time. One movement, yeah. Goes through and Douglas manages to smother the... Well, it goes under him, but it hits him and goes wide for a corner. Like, it was absolutely brilliant. The guy is spraying passes mm. everywhere. It, we can't... There's no pressing in this game. No, no, no. <laughs> either team, but we are not getting close to I, it. I thought defensively we were quite poor. I mean, we can we can talk about the goal, but we we were a bit. I thought I thought throughout the first half we, we were quite poor defensively. We were a bit shambolic, but it's free up front against our back three. But the, the goal, I mean, the ref doesn't do as many favours, does he? Mm. The ball Thompson has the ball up in their half, and he gets chopped down. Yeah, and he seems to give fouls to Poto straight away, but he lets us play the advantage, and it just the shot we get a yeah. shot away, but it just trickles through. And uh, from the goal kick, which their main threat is by years goal kicks, they go far by the way. <laughs> but uh, the ball goes up the pitch and that's where it all goes tits up. Man. That, that is the frustrating thing about the goal because when the clock actually strikes 45, with, without going into injury time, when the clock strikes 45, Celtic are on the attack, Celtic are in the ascendancy, in the half. And just as it trickles in to injury time, Porto do have a goal kick which Bayer completely fluffs. For, for a change, he absolutely completely fluffs it. He just boots it straight down the middle. Somehow, it doesn't get dealt with. It just gets hooked. Is it for him. Capuccio or Derley beats Baldy in there? No, no. Come on, Bobo. Capuccio, or as the Portuguese commentator was calling him, Capuche. <laughs> I quite like that, that, that <laughs> touch, actually. Do you know what I liked about the Portuguese commentators? Every time we put in a, a bad tackle, which was a strong tackle, they'd go, oi, oi, oi. <laughs> <laughs> Th- foreign commentators when you can't understand the word they're saying they are better than what we're used to in Scotland and England I like it when you can pick out the English words Kinabara Erosara Bobo Bardi the goal Baldy doesn't win the first one Valharan manages to clear it hits off Aye. Baldy the ball's played to the back post is it maybe the defence is too far over and the, the back three the lack of right back here really yeah. catches out it's caught on the volley by Elenachev a good volley decent save and what did I say? Derley following in. It's a tap in right before half time. And where I was sitting, it was just a really short row. I think there was only four seats in it. I was in the neutral bit. But uh, I was four seats away from the plastic panel that separated the actual Porto fans. So see when that goal went in, that they've got, instead of a yes when they celebrate, it's a oh. yeah. <laughs> It was so loud right beside me. I was like, oh, heartbreaking stuff, man. I'd like to defend Rab Douglas for at least this first goal because I don't think he could do much about it. It was it was horribly exposed. Alenichev gets that at the back post completely it was unmarked, the, really. Like I said, no right back. That's it. it. Um, Alenichev, who's been brilliant as well. That Porto are, are one of these kind of old school teams in that their best players aren't foreign. That's like nine Portuguese players plus Alenichev yeah. and Derley are the only are the only foreigners I can think of. It's it's quite strange to see only fifteen years later. Derley's class, but he never he never really went on to much after. He's uncapped, he uncapped for Brazil, but ugh, I mean that's that's hard. That's no shame. Yeah, it was in the Brazil team yeah, at this time. That's what I mean. Just Ron, after Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, just after they won the World Cup in two thousand two. So yeah, Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Ron, I mean yeah. no shame not getting in. There. Adriano, post, yeah, yeah, there or thereabouts, probably. Yeah, Rob, Rob Douglas sort of, as you said earlier on, came out of this game with you know, a, a bit of a reputation. I think he, he struggles with it because you've, mm. I've heard him talking about interviews and all that, but could he have done much more for that first goal? I, don't, I never thought he'd been blamed for the first goal. It's, no. just, it's poor defending. We have to take into the conditions as well. I was sweltering, sitting <laughs> yeah. in the shade. It was absolutely ridiculous. You're there. not designed for that. I am <laughs> not designed for that stuff. It was absolutely sweltering. The players for people who haven't seen Melly, I know what it looks like. He's, uh, you share a complexion and a hair colour like Neil Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> he was blown, but it's just one of those games where it just never seem to click for us. And just that goal right before half time, you're like, come on. That injury to Castina, injury time was good. Well, oh, it should have been there, but it's just that. Just get to half time, but couldn't be done. Could not be done. And Douglas has had good saves in this first half as well. It's not It's not just been a case of you know, the one chance that Porto got, they, they managed to score. He's had a couple of saves, one particularly from Deco. Deco, who's, again, grudgingly, he's causing all sorts of problems. I'm going to do a Graham Soonis. I'm, I'm just going to double down on it. Take, take it to my grave. <laughs> I hate Deco. It's <laughs> like, you're Graham Soonis or you're Jamie Ayer. All right. <laughs> um, 
Shall we, shall we go and put ourselves through the second half? Uh, yes. Let's go and do it. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So noisy in Seville. And those Celtic supporters, as it breaks it to Larson. The looping header has made it 1-1 shortly after the restart. Echo evades one challenge, he's been masterful tonight. And he supplied Alanichev for Porto's second. They retake the lead in some style, Porto. Larsen's up, and Larsen scored again. His 11th UEFA Cup goal of the season. Martin O'Neill's side have fought to take this to extra time in Seville. The second half begins. <laughs> it does not begin. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best bit of this half, oh, arguably. Yeah. Oh, not even a half. There's a streaker. Oh. And, it, and it is a belter of a streaker. What happened to streakers? A penis is seen. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get a streaker anymore. This oh. guy was rife for it, but wasn't he? Oh, to give him his credit, not just your run of the mill streaker. He didn't come on, bollock naked, and just run about a bit. Came on, dressed as a referee. Red carded the ref, stripped off, and then, <laughs> and then streaked. And it was full it was Velcro, on. but I had it. Yeah, was yeah. Prepared. This was a fully professional strip. This is not his first rodeo. <laughs> and it, the difference, you say we don't get streakers anymore because they would never film it. Never film it. They would cut away and just ignore it and they'd just say, oh, some idiot's ruin it. Camera lingers on him. Camera films him the entire way around. Willie bouncing everywhere. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a joy. He scores. <laughs> He takes him off the halfway line, dribbles through and scores. Just, just magnificent. I, I, I can't remember what other game. I shouldn't really remember streakers, but I'm sure he does another game where he, he does press ups. I think he was a, a fa- he was a famous streaker. He was. He done it a lot. But maybe we were about to take kick off. I think it was Larson and Sutton waiting to take kick off. That spurred the boys on. That penis shot. A psychological. <laughs> it just gave us belief that if he can score, then we can score Sorry. because straight from half time, we were on it from then. Didn't let it get us down, and the greatest header you've oh, ever seen. Se- sensational. For anyone who hasn't heard it, for, for patrons on the on the Patreon account, we spoke to Sean Maloney about this, mm. this very thing recently, and he said, I think he named two headers as the best he'd ever seen, and one of them was this, and the other one was, I think, Ben Watson, ben, ben Watson for Wigan. Yeah, that's right. By the way, we interviewed him that, and I watched it, and I forgot to mention that the best header he's ever seen he crossed the ball and I forgot to ask him about it. Sean Maloney puts in the corner for Ben Watson to score the greatest ever header and he just out of sheer... He didn't even mention it. No, he, he was just too humble to, to mention the fact that he's the one that put the header in. Ball just happened to be up there, guys. <laughs> 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 but yet the header, I get, hangs a cross up. I get who I think has been quite good in the first yeah. half. Not not perfect, but he's getting a lot of joy out of Nuno Valente down the right-hand side to the point where actually Paulo Ferreira eventually came across the kind of in a quite unusual move, doubling up with fullbacks mm. on on a get at, at various points because Ferreira's a lot quicker than Valente. But he hangs in the cross and we did the PSG game last season and we talked about that Cavani header where he somehow managed to sort of bend it around Craig Gordon into the top corner and 
Larson's was every bit, if not more, impressive it, than this. I still don't know how he did it. No, yeah. don't know how he... He got up so high, nice and early, made good contact with the ball. It was Against a man mountain of a guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Bayer's not the best keeper, but he doesn't even move because as soon as he heads that, he knows it's past him. Yeah. It's not a backwards header for somebody else. It's a header on goal because there's... Sutton is sort of back post, but there's absolutely no way this is not intended for the goal. And just to hit the base of the post, absolute perfection. And the Portuguese commentator calls him the King of Kings. Does he? Yes. That right? I think that's it. Um, a lot more football played in the second half. A lot, a lot better. Not a- by Josval Haran. He is choking to get sent yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> <He's absolutely laughs> early for a, which could have been a not a straight red, but a. An orange card. Say right, it's, it's a wild one, especially for a guy that's been on a bucket and had a foul after yeah, that as well. We, we were. I've mentioned it in the first half, but I just it seemed watching this game. I was getting frustrated with us. Hmm. Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Relax, play some football, especially the defenders, but even people at Tom and all that as well. In a way, this is highlighted perfectly. But immediately after this goal. Because Porto goes straight up the other end and try a wild shot. Derley takes a wild swing from maybe the edge of the box. And Jose Mourinho is out straight to the edge of his his um, technical area. Just everybody calm down. Everybody settle down and just remember what, what you've been told. Just play the way you're supposed to play. Yeah, that's what you want. Just settle into the game. Yeah. No. Seven minutes later, bang. Seven minutes is all we got. Absolute screamer of a pass through from Deco for Alina Chev absolute screamer excluding half time all of the goals all of the 90 minute goals come in a sort of 10, 10 minute flurry yeah. that just either side of half time you mentioned Volhar in there he, yeah he is he's and they call it walking the tightrope after you've uh, been booked he's not so much walking he's the tightrope he's, he's doing cartwheels <laughs> on the tightrope basically so it's it's a bit tense at this time just before half time when the players were just about to go off as well tempers had started kind of flaring up a wee bit it was getting yeah. a wee bit tetchy and I've heard since that there were there was bother in the in the, the tunnel at half time it wasn't quite to the extent of the Barcelona game in 2004 where three players were sent off but apparently it was hey, that's you know, not happened yet so you can't talk about oh that. yes of course that's in the future <laughs> <laughs> but uh, where Elena Chev scores that was and he runs into the crowd that's the start of their crowd so I'm just to the left of that and see that Oh, noise mm. it just it haunts me I was about to it really say it, does, sounds, man. it sounds like it's funny Douglas how do you think he done for the second goal again it's it's hard to just blame him because he's so Aye. horribly exposed at, at all times and this is what I was this is the one takeaway I've had from watching the game again maybe it's just my perception but throughout this I've always had in my head my main takeaways from this game were before bad refereeing mm. terrible refereeing horrendous play acting oh. from yeah. from Porto Um Jose Mourinho being a, a bit of a snake hmm. um, Rab Douglas being awful and Bobo Baldi being stupid and out of all of those I mean Rab Douglas was he wasn't amazing but I, I, he's not he wasn't awful for this goal like you say I exposed think, let down I think it is the final goal hmm. that lets him down which then you question the rest of his performance yeah. after that but we're not on that yet so. no but it's, it's and it comes back to what you're saying Stephen about and Henrik Larson's doing his bit oh, God, no, more no. than his bit and, and the defence aren't well that's just it you just get back into the game you get pegged back like, come on boys we can get back into this a couple of minutes later there he is again Thompson lovely ball in Bayer doesn't have a clue what to do Larson just steps away and another header that Bayer can't even do anything about absolutely world class Larson's second goal again it's only it's only 10 minutes again excluding half time it's only 10 minutes after his first header and they inexplicably allow him a free header which is so unlike those defenders yeah. and a manager to, be, to to allow that kind of thing you would have thought that's where they would have covered at half time but for some reason they just allow him a, a perfectly free header two goals from crosses I mean that was that was how we got our goals back in those days wasn't it it was just out wide yeah. tops and I got uh. get it in Larson Sutton and if it breaks Petrov's coming in but it was effective because Larson and Sutton, I mean, the leap Larson gets again is it's absolutely incredible, man. The guy is unbelievable. It's when it's when the second half, it's when you start to see the play acting <laughs> creeping in from, from Porto. It 
properly kicks in around the 75th-ish minute because that's when it, the right dodgy things start kicking in. You get Manish standing in front of throw-ins. At this point, Thompson's trying to take throw-ins um, on, on the side, obviously, and Manish is going up and standing like inches away from his face. So that is th- it's even weird things like they were moving advertising buildings around. Did you see that? The Porto mm, are about to take a corner. And the guy spends maybe 10 or so seconds moving the advertising boardings out of the way so he could get a, a further run-up. And it, it's all just it's all just eating away, just yeah. tiny wee bits at a time, just eating away at time. There's a point where some great play from Thompson. Like You remember his classy goals and his great shots, but he skins a couple of players and puts a ball through for mm. Sutton and he goes through, but he's called offside and he's level when you see it back. And that's horrible, And he's yeah. like, oh, come on, man. We just didn't seem to get those breaks, but... We did give ourselves a break because we brought on Luke Rawson for Valharan because yeah. I think he was like hold on by a pinky to that tightrope man. Yeah, Valharan goes off, but not only is he walking the tightrope as we as we said, he's also got a fairly horrible injury. He's got a, a kind of black eye after a clash of heads with um, future Hun alleged sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it made sense. I, I'd actually forgotten that Ulrich Larson came on in this game. As I said before the game, I'm, I'm enjoying sort of joining the dots a wee bit because I forgot all these things. These things happened. I've sort of blanked it out. It's one of those kind of trauma, <laughs> trauma coping mechanisms. I don't really remember a lot of the game. It's, a bench is really poor, isn't mm. it? Like, that sub had to happen. But apart from that, there's not a lot of options on the bench. I mean, Fernandez, you David Fernandez is there. Jamie Smith, it's... It's not going to be game-changing no. stuff, is it? Jackie McNamara comes on. Yeah. Or Lambert. Aye. Lambert was the one that, when Hartson was fit, he usually missed out and came on maybe about 70 minutes to show things up. But a guy like Lambert, you're not bothered about him playing now. Fine, he's been there, done mm. it, but he was tiring towards the end. So. McNamara was one of those names, as you said in the commentary, that really stood out because the Portuguese commentators yeah. didn't really know how to say it. McNamara! <laughs> like me, trying to say all the other um, I, no, I don't Listen, we're giving them an easy ride here. I want to talk more about this play acting, about the diving. No, no. It's, it was it was the it's some of the worst I've ever seen. Blatant is, is not is not the word for it. It, it, was, op- it was openly... A, 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 it was a tactic of their game, openly. They, there was no shame in what they were doing. I'll, I'll never... I was about to say see to be fair on them but I'll not be fair on them because it, it was wild but they must be expecting our challenges to come in because they are stupid I mean Baldy gets booked on 80 minutes and it's a mental challenge mm-hmm. Derley is going through the middle of the pitch admittedly towards goal but he's miles out and he yeah. just flies into him gets booked yeah. it, it was Aye. needless and they must have just thought these tackles are coming so we'll go down early we'll scream but some of the there was a tackle on Derley it might, I think it was Baldy's challenge but he does catch him, but he's, he's screaming before yeah. he's even hit. He can, when it shows you the replay, he's screaming before Baldy gets to him. So, does it, who was it? There was some day. Was it he went off on a stretcher after he went up for a header? Way did he go lose a header at Mialbi? He ended up going off on a stretcher. Delhi is mad for a stretcher in Aye. this game. Absolutely mad. Like a physio coming on these days, you don't really see it much. The stretcher off. I, I reckon by ninety minutes now. Because we've seen the the end of the second half, we've had three stretchings off. Aye. When was the last time you can remember seeing us someone being stretched off at a game? The one I can think of was uh, at Celtic Park last season. I think it was Murray Davidson went off after a really horrible head oh, clash. Yeah. He was stretched off because you know he can't walk. Yeah, that's that's what a stretcher's for. But in in this game, you've got players being stretched off multiple times and then coming back on and coming back on. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the stretcher's for. It's a great time wasting to oh, absolutely, absolutely great. And as you said, Stephen, we have we've we've ended the second half. Well, we nearly ended the game. Jackie McNamara nearly ended the game. <sighs> he plays a ridiculous pass inside. Elena Chev picks up and just goes over the bar. Three, seconds remaining. <laughs> Three <laughs> seconds remaining. Three seconds remaining. And we'll we'll know what's about to happen in extra time as we move into it. We know Bobby is sent off, but he is, as you said, Melly, he's been booked uh, for a needless tackle. Mm-hmm. Just before he got booked, he already looked to me like he was starting to lose the rag a wee bit because he chased, I, th- I think it may have been Capuccio actually, he chased him all the way from basically our box to the halfway line, just nipping at his heels. He's dribbling away from goals and he's still, he's just chopping away at him and eventually brings him down. Just get it, keep ahead of everything. Aye, a, a real lack of discipline in the Celtic team. This game uh, was quite, was it unique? I don't know how long, I think this might have been unique because it was the first and I think it was the only because I think they only ran it for one season. 
Yeah, I, I think it was a, maybe one or two seasons. I'm Incidentally, sure. I've talked about this. What, yeah. what they called the silver goal. silver goal. So before this, for people who might not know, in a tournament like this, what would normally happen was it was won by the golden goal. Yeah. Um, which basically you played two halves of extra time, but the game stopped as soon as the first mm. team scored. So yeah. it was meant to be fairer than penalties. You got a golden goal. Essentially, supposed to encourage attacking as yeah. well, but it didn't work. I mean, it didn't work, which is why they changed it to the silver goal, yeah. which and, is this one. And the silver goal is. It's the same rules, yep. but you get to play the first 15 minutes of yep. a half. So if Porto had scored in the first minute of extra time, Celtic would have 14 remaining minutes to try and score again yep. to move it to extra time or once more on top of that and win the tournament. If you don't remember any of this, it's understandable because it didn't last long no, because no it, one agreed with it. It was a terrible idea because effectively you could have teams scoring with much like, as you said, like three seconds to go on the clock. You could have someone scoring and then it goes to the half time and extra time that person the, other, the opposition team have got three seconds in which to equalise yeah. so it, it, it was fairer than golden goal but um, a, a yeah. terrible idea a terrible idea so um, I suppose we should retire and watch the sil- silver goal extra time and uh, we all know what's coming <laughs> Douglas has to come off his line. Delight is still going. Somehow he finds the back of the net with five minutes of extra time to play. This might prove to be the winner for Porto. Jose Mourinho's side hold on and they win the UEFA Cup in this meeting of two sides who have been European champions before. It is Porto who come out on top in Seville. Oh. It's not fair. It's, it's, it's still watching it. It's still watching it. It is not fair. It is not comparable. But the most harrowing experience of my life was going to Auschwitz. This is second. <laughs> I'm glad you said second <laughs> because we are Celtic fans here. But that would have been too much. For clarity here, the final score is Celtic two, Porto three. Yeah, sadly, yeah. no close, but no cigar, as they say. Hey, here's my takeaway from that: Bobo Baldy. Hmm. What are you doing? <laughs> Wild. What? This is this is what I mean, and this is the difference. It's a tough thing to say. Not as hard done by on second watch as I as Mm. as I've previously thought. A lot of the mistakes were of our own making, making silly mistakes in games that a a match that required um, professionalism, a cool head, organization. A match that required that, as well as physicality, it did demand physicality. But we we were we were too physical and we made silly mistakes. And that Bobo Baldy one, he's not to blame, obviously. But that that was a, a silly, silly, silly thing to do. And there's been too physical, and there's been canny with it. I mean, yeah. Porto are a very physical team as well, but they've just they've got it up here. Yeah, taps, taps tempo. Um, yeah, that, that's the exact word. They are much much more clever about it much more subtle and their, their dark arts are yeah. far beyond what's aye, aye. and it's not just Bobo everybody was at it yeah. you know I, I, I don't I think I forgot to mention this but there's one point where Alan Thompson basically shoves a guy with his elbow up was it might have been Capuccio I don't know uh, Carvalho Carvalho it's, it sticks him right onto the running track and that perfectly highlights what I was saying because that came seconds after Carvalho had tried to do the same to Larson up the other end Larson moved to close down the keeper but it was just a harmless ball through to the keeper Larson went to just close him down to put a wee bit of pressure on him to stop him wasting time but as Larson went to do that Carvalho tried to take him out miles away from the ball but it went unseen it yeah. was only when you did I see that properly around it back a wee bit and, and sure enough it, it was there so Thompson loses a rag and chases him right up the other end of the pitch because after that Carvalho goes on a kind of marauding run and somehow finds himself in the right wing right kind of the corner flag and Thompson absolutely cleans him out the ref should have done more right but see if we're putting players on their arses hmm. we can't then turn the ref go he's been on his arse too long and and there was there was a lot of that there was a lot of diving a lot of play acting but we we, we played right in our hands at times we did and you can say that about the ref but again he didn't help us just before Baldy gets sent off the ball comes to Larson on the edge of their box and Valenti goes right through the back of him. Hmm. Admittedly, he does get the ball, but it's through the back of both his legs. And I don't, yeah. maybe, maybe back then it wasn't seen. The ref indicates he got the ball, but nowadays that that's a booking straight away. You can't do that. I don't know if it was different back then, but from that, the ball breaks up the pitch, and that's where it breaks to Delhi again. And again, he doesn't need to make the challenge. Just 
he's the striker that you're meant to be marking, so just show him wide, but he flies into it and loses the handle, and it's just horrible watching it again, because the camera breaks and shows you Baldy walking down, being ushered down yeah. the tunnel, and he just looks absolutely devastated, and it breaks back to him again, and he's just sitting in the tunnel, head in his hands, crying, I'm like, oh, know, mate, horrible, he goes on to get the player of the year for Celtic, the fans player of the year that season, so he had a great season apart from that, but just when you think back, like, two wild challenges, and then that mental handball he done against Leon for no reason that cost us getting through the last 16 of the Champions League, he was rash at times yep. for how good he was as well. I mean, obviously, Porto got a guy sent off. Something else I'd completely forgotten yeah, about the game. Yeah. Totally slipped my mind. I was actually amazed. I don't remember that at all. I remember because Celtic he refused there. to go off because yeah. he lay in the ground for so long. <laughs> just going to say that more time wasting, even after having been sent off, because it just it just stayed there. It's, it's incredible, and um, by far the most egregious moment of time wasting comes from Vitor Bayer. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Martin O'Neill. It was. When Martin O'Neill did his sort of BBC or ITV bit for a, an international tournament after it, do you remember he was talking to, I think it was Adrian Childs, he was in the studio. Probably 2004. Would it probably it would have been, been yeah, because he obviously Is this when he said he didn't rate Zlatan Ibrahimovic? It may have been. I, or, I mean, do you remember the time he slagged Robbie Williams as well? I can't remember exactly <laughs> what he said. But for some reason, uh, Martin O'Neill and Robbie Williams ended up in the same studio covering football together. But this one in particular, he just, he went off on this rant about the time wasting at Porto while covering like an international yeah. tournament. Eventually they had to kind of there was a lot of bad up. blood for a long time between Martin O'Neill and Jose Mourinho oh, after yeah, this game. I can, yeah. I can believe it, yeah. The the, the Bayer one, just to, just to describe it, he comes out, catches a ball, Johan Mialbe unfortunately gives him the opportunity to go down because he sticks out a silly wee leg um, in his direction. He barely does. I know, but it's, but it's just what we've been talking about, it's just that... He doesn't touch him, but no. he just flies over it and then does these roly-polies. Like, <laughs> see if you've seen a child doing that, you'd be like, wee man, Aye. get up. But it's just it's what we've been talking about the whole time. It's just it's a cliche, but it's that mentality. They yeah. know what they're doing. They, yeah. He must have thought he'd, he'd won the lottery. Oh, there's somebody just stick out a daft wee leg at me. I'm just going to go over it. I'm going to be down for two and a half minutes at <laughs> least. So he goes down. He catches the ball. Goes down over Mialbi's non-challenge. Stands back up again. Falls down. Rolls out of his box. By this point, he's travelled about twelve yards and just stays down for a full at least two and a half minutes this is well in um, extra time at this point I don't know why we put ourselves through to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> right <idea. laughs> you need uh, to you need to come through these things to appreciate the ooh, the well, highs though I suppose the half or not the half extra time has started with another stretching off by the way Derle goes down oh. this is the Baldi the Baldi sending off he goes down and he's once again stretched off there's a, also <laughs> Sean Maloney comes on for Petrov in our last roll of the dice substitute wise and it could have paid off because have, we, we, we had he was good second half of extra time it's a bit of something we didn't have in the game we didn't have it MD really taking MD yep. on and beating players I thought yeah. he made a huge a hugely positive impact Sean Maloney yeah. I, I really do I th- and I think it's unfortunate that he's remembered for the the free kick let's talk if, about it yep, let's the, talk free about the free kick, kick. Wait unfor- how young does he look yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate he's remembered for this because much like everyone else, much like us, why we're doing this just now, we don't remember much of the game mm. at all. We just remember the, the the facts of the case. And unfortunately, this free kick is one of them. It's the, maybe not the last kick of the ball, but it's, it's definitely up there. Good play from Thompson wins mm. the free. There was also a couple of minutes before this, a corner, and he floats it and it goes right over everybody. And Mialbe has yeah. to, it goes right over out the faraway touchline. It's just, maybe you should have let somebody that's been on the pitch the whole mm. time take those ones, but... Oh, they were wild. They were no nowhere near. They weren't crosses. They weren't shots. They were just in between. You you could forgive it. See if he had a free kick and it went wide. He just made a mess of it. Or if he had a cross and he made mm. a mess of it. But it was neither. It was neither in both. It was he, just a sort he admitted of admitted that in yeah. his interview. If he'd a bit more, who was that interview with? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if he'd a bit more experience, something you always mm. poo poo on this uh, no, well, podcast. Yeah. If he had a bit more experience, he would have played it in because the the height we had and we'd got two goals from corners and crosses. Speaking of experience, one of my highlights of of what was a pretty tough watch in extra time was uh, Lennon doing his. Uh, his favourite European trick of doing a your breaths honking oh, gesture to Manish. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him doing that so many times. Whenever there was nice a, sort of, well. that's right. Whenever there was a flare up and they came together, sort of face to face, he would go, oh, "Your your breaths howling." <laughs> <laughs> so childish, but so brilliant. We do it. We do the goal. Uh, Mate, as well. <laughs> Catastrophe of errors. It starts with Manish with a 
absolute peach of def- defence splitting ball. Mm. Douglas comes out, it breaks out, barely gets it, goes round me, I'll be possibly, yeah, yeah. or McNamara possibly, has a shot, and if Douglas doesn't, it goes under Douglas, but it just sort of grazes his bottom, his chest sort of thing, his side, a wee bit, yeah. and it, it just takes that wee nick, which makes it bounce up and mm. takes it away from Lawson on the line, who's at full stretch, if it doesn't touch Douglas, it possibly gets cleared off the line, it hits Lawson, but goes up the way in, and I think this is where people blame Douglas, because he slides out, mm. and he turns his face away, I, get, I got that, instead mm. of sliding out, getting mm. the ball, and that's it over, instead it breaks out, Breaks again to Derley, who's not marked, <laughs> and gets a rebound, and again jumps into the crowd right beside me. And that noise, yeah. and you can just tell. I could tell at the time. You could tell by looking at the players on the, the TV. They knew that was it. Yeah. They knew that was it. Ten yeah. men. This team are going to see this out, and there's no coming back from this. Yeah, it did essentially go through Douglas, didn't it? It yeah. kind of put both hands out, and it went through him. And what made it makes the goal even that little bit more painful is the despairing lunge from Lawson on yeah. the line. It's just that sort of hopeless, like, I'm just going to throw throw, throw body at this and see what happens. And he's, he's just sitting there after he goes in, just dejected. We had we had gone to a back four at this point with Lawson yeah. at left back and McNamara at right back after Baldy goes off. But, oh, it's heart-wrenching stuff. Isn't it? Obviously, this is before the, the final free kick from Maloney. And after that, I mean, Douglas, Douglas obviously understandably upset about it. He goes up. He yeah. was up for yeah. corners and things like that. So. And that is that. Is that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we couldn't even watch them lifting the trophy. No, no, no I didn't watch that. that. <laughs> interestingly, um, well, not interestingly as well, just where I was, because I bought neutral tickets like every other Celtic fan, just to my right in front of me, there was a wee pocket of Porto fans who'd obviously changed the tickets and put them all together. So there was a wee square of them and... I'll never forget it. Jose Mourinho walks right over, so he's right in front, has his medal, and throws it into this crowd. And I'm like, mate, you broke my heart, but you don't have to taunt me. <laughs> like, right there. I remember the guy beside me takes his top off and swaps it with a Porto fan, put their hand over him, swap jerseys, and I, I was in tears. I was in floods of tears. 15 years old. All right. Oh. Gay. <laughs> Man of the match? Deco. No. Not he got at the stadium because I remember it, the not so Derley, no, What if I told you the stats from this game? I know people like stats nowadays. Fouls 100. It sometimes changes changes the perspective. We all know the goals. Shots on goal. Celtic had six. The mm. whole game, only three shots on target. The entire game to Porto's 11. How many mm. they have on target? 11 on target? 11 on target to ever three. Uh, and we committed 33 fouls, which is quite high. Seems, high, yeah. Seems low, but... No, well, like, to <laughs> the context of the game, to their 24. And that... That's quite high as well. For yeah. Them. See, when you think about that, like, when you actually try and fathom that out, if there's That's 33 fouls... There's 60 fouls yeah, in if there's, game. if there's 60 fouls and <laughs> Porto have stayed down for like, two-thirds of those, I mean... It's just a pox of matches. Minutes and minutes we've been chipped away at by them. I mean, I mean we, we might have lost the game, but... There's no denying that that that, that Celtic team iconic. No, that, that was his zenith for that yeah, team. Wasn't exactly. It? That was it. I mean, the next season we come back, blow away the league, but that was the team, and we didn't play as well as we could have. I think we could have been better. That it was a good chance. It was just simple mistakes, a bit of bad luck, and we didn't play great. But we we could have got there. And I mean, to go to a final that brings so many people. Like, we were in the game. We scored great goals. And we had a chance. We just got the sending off. Defensive mistakes. I mean, imagine going to that game. Like Rangers, I don't think they had a shot against Zenit St. Petersburg no. when they got to the final and they trashed the place. I mean, what would you rather? <laughs> Completely different. A vivid memory I have as well was arrived there. It was a plane full. It was all obviously all Celtic fans. It was a chartered Celtic plane. But as soon as it touched down, everybody started singing Hail, Hail, the Celts are here. And when I arrived at Jerez Airport and got the bus through, and then I was walking across the main bridge in Seville, just at the end of the bridge, just at the top of the pavement, an empty bottle of Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> Symbolic. <laughs> Somebody tanned it already. Let me ask you a question. Alan Thompson, Stylian Petrov, Chris Sutton, Jackie McNamara, Sean Maloney. What do all these players have in common? Pray tell, James, did they all appear on your your favourite and the listeners' favourite Celtic podcast. They did. 20 minute all those players who participated in this game have 
very kindly done interviews with us and yep. all those interviews are still available on iTunes and in all those interviews they talk about their own feelings in this game and their individual thoughts and Sean Maloney especially was very honest about that free kick yes um, Petrov, I asked them but it had to be done yeah it had to be done Mel you packsman them all, all, they're all there on iTunes just have a wee look out for them and that's us we'd just like to thank everyone for first of all enduring this yeah yeah apologies first uh, of all, apologies yeah. for putting you through this and probably ruining your sunny day there it's, might be a fair chance that no listener has watched the game probably probably we do this for you yeah, yeah, we, we for, for you um, uh, and, and thanks for supporting the podcast thanks to everyone who signs up to the Patreon and listens um, there's loads of stuff on there if this is the first Patreon podcast you've got there's Alan Stubbs and Sean Maloney and, and things to go and listen to thanks for listening flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.